It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 27th, 2020. My name is Philip and I can be expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicGala.com. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to kind of talk a little bit about what happens next for the Orlando Magic. Kind of, we've looked at kind of what the expectations are, but we'll, we'll talk about maybe what the next steps in the process are because, as most of us would acknowledge, the Magic are not a complete picture. We'll then transition over to Evan Fournier and explain why he's still kind of important for this Magic team, and especially now that the roster seems set, um, barring a surprise trade, Evan Fournier remains a critical piece to this team's immediate future. And we'll close out today's show by kind of introducing you to what to expect from Dwayne Bacon, the only real new Magic player on the team, or the only new veteran Magic player on the team. We'll give a quick profile of what he will bring to the roster coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network by searching every download podcast for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on, say, the Charlotte Hornets, where Dwayne Bacon came from? You can check out our good pals at Lockdown Hornets. We've got great podcasts across all different sports, too. So want to get a leg up on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game against the Kansas City Chiefs? Locked on Bucks has you covered. No matter what team it is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. To search wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. So, our last episode, first, I hope everyone had a very happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I should have said that off the top, but I say that now. I um, hope everyone had a restful and happy Thanksgiving, got to spend some time with loved ones, um, either virtually or in person, um, and got to enjoy some good food in the process. Um, but where we last left off, what we last talked about here on the show was about what the expectations for the Magic are. Um, and very clearly, the expectations are to make the playoffs. Um, the early predictions, the early uh, over-under win totals that, that have come out have said that the Magic are predicted to finish ninth in the East, which puts them in that play-in tournament, which would put them in, in the bottom half of that play-in tournament where they have to win two games to make the playoffs instead of just the one that uh, the 7th or 8th place teams would have to win. And as I've said throughout to, to many people throughout who are like, man, the East has gotten better, the Magic didn't do very much. Yes, I agree with all that. Making the playoffs this year is going to be tougher. But that does not change that that is the central goal. That does not change that that is the Goal, the immediate goal for the 2021 season. It also does not change that there is a bigger picture out there. Uh, I, I do think that with, with the lack of nuance that you get from social media sometimes, um, it, people who think that you're only focused on the 2021 playoffs think you're not focused on the big picture. And and I, I know I have personally tried to say in every argument, in every 
uh, every uh, kind of point I've tried to make on this front that, you know, no matter what, I, I mean, I believe this, this Magic team as constructed in 2021 can make the playoffs. But no matter what, the Magic have to do more. You are right to be disappointed that the Magic did not get a lot done. The fact that we're going to have a segment here talking about why Evan Fournier is so important to this team, it's going to grind a lot of gears. It's going to hit people in the wrong way because Fournier is an extremely unpopular player at this point, uh, or at least among some some members of, of Magic fans. But it doesn't change the fact that in the short term, Evan Fournier matters, but in the long term, he may not. Those, those two things can't exist in the same conversation and in the same universe. The fact of the matter is the Magic still have a lot of work to do. They're still obviously looking for that kind of starring player, a guy who can create his own shot uh, and, and, can, and can get a basket when you need it and go off for a big game when your team needs it. Um, the Magic are not a championship roster yet. They're not anywhere close to that, in fact. We're only talking about the scraps of the playoffs, and frankly, that's not where the Magic should aspire or want to be. I mean, or maybe, let me rephrase that. At some place, the Magic aren't uncomfortable being. Um, if that's their baseline, if that's kind of their floor, they're okay with that. But they want to get past it. They want to get burst through that and get beyond that, uh, beyond what they feel might be their ceiling. Um, we've seen what that ceiling looks like, and certainly the Magic have work to do to get beyond it. And that's really what the big picture is about here. The big picture is about getting closer to that championship and, and doing it in a way that positions your team in the right space. I, I have often said that the Magic, you know, despite being three years into this thing and despite having two playoff appearances, still feel very much at the beginning stages of their development and of their kind of progression toward what they want to be. The fact of the matter is Jeff Waltman has had has tried to have his cake and eat it too. Ever since the Magic made that playoff run in 2019, everything changed about what was expected for this team and what they were capable of doing. And yes, perhaps Jeff Waltman's willingness to kind of hit the reset button and start completely over. Jeff Waltman spent the first two years of this organization of his of his tenure as general manager as, as president of basketball operations working on the infrastructure of the team to create an environment where they could succeed. And believe it or not, that worked brilliantly. The Magic made the playoffs with essentially the same players left to him. So now Weltman has to do the same, but with bringing his own players. As my colleague over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, Max Mortensen, pointed, pointed out, Jeff Weltman has now acquired or drafted enough players that are his own players, to be their own starting five. Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, Jonathan Isaac, Chuma Okiki, and Mo Bamba. Now, that lineup probably isn't scaring anyone because it still has the same deficits and the same problems that I think we're seeing from the current roster. But what it does suggest is that we are beginning to see a transition to the next era, to the next age of Orlando Magic Basketball. A lot of people want this to happen immediately. A lot of people, you know, still believe in tanking as a viable method to improve, and uh, it's not. But uh, but they want to see change happen quickly, and 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 that instinct and that desire isn't wrong. I'm not here to argue about the pace that this change is happening. I, I am here to just discuss a little bit that the reality is, the Magic didn't find the deals. You know, and I said this throughout the entire course of the offseason. The Magic should only make a move if it makes sense to them. If no move makes sense to them, what they got is good enough to make the playoffs. 
What they've got is good enough to accomplish your developmental goals, and what they've got is fine for now. But I don't want to see happen. I don't want to see the Magic re-sign Evan Fournier. I don't want to see them you know, re-up Nikola Vucevic unless they're really ready to give up on Mo Bamba. They do need to start turning the page on things, and the Magic do need to start planning how they're going to do it. As I mentioned, as we've kind of begun to think about this finalized roster, that a big piece of this puzzle are the young players. Are those players that Jeff Weltman has drafted, has acquired, has made his own. Those are the long-term players. And essentially, the goal for this season is to give those players the kind of experience the Magic want them to have. To put them in positions where they can succeed and, if they prove themselves good enough, show hints that they are ready to take the next step. That they're ready to take over some of these roles from players that, not that the Magic don't care about them, but take over these roles that the Magic are essentially having placeholders for. We're already seeing that with Aaron Gordon and why Aaron Gordon um, is very available on the trade market. Because the, the ultimate conclusion might very well be that Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon can't play together. And if that's the case, one of them's got to go, and Jonathan Isaac is Jeff Weltman's man. I would, again, uh, it hasn't happened yet, but I would, again, expect that a Jonathan Isaac extension will get done before the end, before the beginning of the season. Because frankly, there's no new information to gain. If the Magic are going to re-sign Jonathan Isaac, they should do it now rather than letting him letting him go to the market. If he goes to the market, they could get they could get screwed. To be to be perfectly frank, um, if I were the Magic, I would get that deal done now. Don't mess around with it. Get it done now. And if that's the case, if you're investing in Jonathan Isaac for four more years. Aaron Gordon with two years left on his deal doesn't sound that attractive anymore. But Isaac's proven that. Isaac has proven that he is capable of taking on a starting role. He can, he's proven that he can slide into that role that Aaron Gordon has. And all, you know, again, the only mystery and question that we have now is his recovery from his torn ACL. But no one else has really st- done that yet. I mean, Cole Anthony is a point guard, shooting guard type player. We don't know if he will step into that role, if he will be capable of being that player. And that's a fair question to ask. It's, I don't think it's unfair to ask whether he, could do, whether he will be that player, whether he will be that person. It's something that will have to get proven. Chumo Kiki stepping into the starting small forward role is a huge question as well. And again, we're not going to answer all these this year. But Mo Bamba is a perfect example. Mo Bamba has to show, because he's entering the last year of his contract uh, in next season, Mo Bamba has to show that he's at least capable of becoming a starter. We haven't seen that yet. And as high as I am on him, I don't trust him to be a starter yet. The goal for Mo Bamba this year, frankly, just kind of the low baseline goal for Mo Bamba this year, be good enough that the Magic starts you when Nikola Vucevic sets out. Because Nikola Vucevic is the best player on the team at the moment. He's the star player. Bamba's struggling to scratch out minutes behind him. Bamba's got to start putting pressure on the Magic to make a decision about their present and their future. And really, that's the key to the entire season. Putting pressure on the, on the front office to make the decision between the present and the future. This is a younger team. This is a younger team than the Magic had last year. 
as I've uh, someone uh, one some a follower on on Twitter posed a question to Magic fans asking uh, and and actually asked me specifically to weigh in on this asking which team is better the 2020 team or the 2021 team and I, I sat and thought about this for a little while uh, and and the you know I I tend not to make decisions especially when I don't have information I, I don't like to kind of make well, you know I do make predictions but. Um, I try to make as informed predictions as I can. And I think I've, I've come to this compromise to that question. I believe that the 2021 team, this year, this te- the team that's upcoming this year, is more talented than last year's team. Cole, adding Cole Anthony is a huge piece. Chuma Okiki is a huge piece. I think Mo Bamba is in a better place, you know, physically and mentally this year than he was last year. Again, the, the injury and COVID concerns are the only thing kind of hampering him. You know, Jonathan Isaac, they won't play this year, but the talent is undoubtedly there. This team has plenty of solid young talent. But because they're all young, because they're all uncertain, because Isaac's out, because Bamba's, who knows what he's going to be, I'm not ready to say that I think that the 2021 team's going to be better than last year's team. In fact, I'm, despite feeling like bounce-back seasons are coming for Aaron Gordon and that Markel Fultz will take a little bit of a, a step forward, uh, I am not certain that the Magic will have a better record this year than they did last year. And again, you don't want to be going backward. So that's going to necess- that's going to further necessitate change that we all expected to happen this year. So again, where do the Magic go from here? That was the first question that I asked. Where do the Magic go from here? Well, I hate to say it, but this is another evaluation year. Jonathan Isaac's injury has bought the Magic a little bit of time. Take the pressure off the front office. They're not going anywhere. They're doing the job that the Magic hired them to do. But this is an evaluation year. And what needs to happen for this season to really be a success, for the the Magic to get what they want out of the season. I mean, again, expectation is make the playoffs. I firmly believe that this this team as a group fails if they don't make the playoffs. And and by playoffs, I don't mean the playing tournament. I mean the actual playoff field. That's the expectation. That's the standard around here now. And that's what we should all hold this team to, no matter who is on it. But for the franchise, from the big picture perspective, looking down at five years down the road, not just about the 2021 season. I know I tend to to really hone in on individual seasons, not think big picture. But from a big picture perspective, the goal for the Orlando Magic, and to figure out what comes next, is all about those young players showing they are ready to take on bigger roles and advance their careers moving forward. That's Mo Bamba, that's Chuma Okiki, that's Cole Anthony, that's Markel Fultz. If those players play well enough that it looks like they'll take on bigger roles, then the Magic will have their answers to what comes next, and they'll be able to answer them. We'll talk a little bit more about Evan Fournier, one of those players likely to get pushed out, uh, coming up here in just a moment as we narrow the focus once again. But you've heard me on this podcast talk a lot about Built Bar. You know, I am not an energy bar person. I am not someone that, that usually goes to those protein bars. You know, I, I, I've, they, they sound like a good idea in my head. They kind of have that candy bar wrapping and packaging. But you go and look and they have like 250 calories, 300 calories. These are meal replacement bars. And frankly, I don't work out enough to eat those all the time. Those don't work for me. I'm looking for a snack. I'm looking for something that'll give me a quick energy boost and supplement, frankly, the meals that that I'm eating. And that's why Built Bar is where I go. It's not just that these are great low-calorie protein bars, 
but they taste amazing too. I just finished a box of one today on Thursday um, just to kind of, kind of, this, this one I actually did use as a meal replacement because I knew I had a big dinner coming. Um, but it got me through the day, got me ready to work, got me ready to get everything done that I needed to get done on Thursday. It's, I don't even think about it. I turn to these bars whenever I need a quick energy boost. And today on Black Friday, we are going to be dreaming of a white Christmas. On sale now are the new white chocolate bars while supplies last at BuiltBar.com. You can check out the white chocolate cookies and cream. Get 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and 5 grams of sugar, as well as the white chocolate salted caramel. Plus, you can get two free candy cane brownie bars with every item purchased and 25% off all products all weekend long. Go to BuiltBar.com and get 25% off for Black Friday. That's today if you're listening to this on November 27th. Plus, don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED to get an extra percent off. But the white Christmas continues at BuiltBar.com. On Cyber Monday only, so this coming Monday, November 30th, white chocolate continues while supplies last with the white chocolate cherry sundae bar and the white chocolate coconut deluxe bar plus those two free candy cane brownies, 25% off all products, and the free advent calendar with every purchase. That's 12 Built Bites and 12 months of savings all at BuiltBar.com and their Cyber Monday deal. Go to BuiltBar.com and get 25% off for Black Friday. Plus, don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED to get an extra percent off. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And now we'll draw the microscope in a little bit narrow. A little bit closer to the 2021 season, because yes, well, the big picture still matters and it's still hovering in the background. We don't worry about the big picture really again until the trade deadline. And frankly, we don't even really know when that is. Now, with how abbreviated this offseason is, with how quickly training camp is coming, we have to start focusing on what the Magic can make of this season. And again, for better or for worse, which certainly a debate that can be had, the Magic want to make the playoffs. The Magic have a team that's good enough to make the playoffs. And while there are still major considerations to make and major changes on the horizon, for the time being, Evan Fournier remains a critical player. With the way some Magic fans talk about Evan Fournier, it feels like they've already moved on. And to some extent, that's kind of fair to do. Evan Fournier is in the final year of his contract, having opted into the to that final year of his contract. Uh, and it's hard to believe that the Magic are going to pony up the cash it would take to keep him. 
The Magic are already uh, have a really high payroll. Uh, they're getting ready to pay Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz a, a little bit more than they're currently paying. And so to, to hand out another, let's say, $17 million a year contract to Evan Fournier does not make sense. I say all this then, fully understanding and fully recognizing, fully expecting that this is Evan Fournier's final season with the Orlando Magic. According to at least some reports, he seems to recognize that too and is hoping for a trade elsewhere. That's from Zach Harper of The Athletic. Whether that happens or not is still something of a mystery. And, you know, again, the Magic have until the trade deadline to make that decision. But for the time being, Evan Fournier remains a critical part and a critical piece of this Orlando Magic team. For the time being, the Magic's success or failure, the Magic's ability to make the playoffs, depends on Evan Fournier. Maybe that's not a position that some Magic fans want them to be in, and certainly I think it's fair to ask and fair to wonder whether the Magic can truly get where they want to go with Evan Fournier as the primary offensive option. But consider it this way. Last year, Evan Fournier was perhaps the Magic's most consistent player, averaging about 18 points per game. He was one of their better three-point shooters. In fact, uh, John Schumann of NBA.com had this really interesting stat. The Magic are one of only like three or four teams that have only one of the top 100 three-point shooters among like high-volume, high-usage guys. That's Evan Fournier. For all those fans that are complaining, oh, the Magic don't have enough offense, the Magic you know, don't have enough shooting... You can't then also argue that the Magic need to get rid of Evan Fournier, or the Magic should have gotten rid of Evan Fournier already. Frankly, I find some of the ire against Evan Fournier to be a little misplaced. Okay, yes. Evan Fournier should not be your primary offensive option. The hope is this year that he won't be. The hope is this year that Markel Fultz, that the Magic will trust Markel Fultz enough that he will have the ball in his hands a lot more. And that will actually optimize Evan Fournier even more. Evan Fournier hasn't been able to work off screens. He hasn't been able to work as a spot-up shooter because he's needed the ball in his hands so much. Because he's had to been relied upon as a pick-and-roll player. Which, by the way, he is not a bad pick-and-roll player. The numbers suggest that he is you know, above average on that front. You know, Not elite by any means, but above average. This is all again to say that the Magic need Evan Fournier. That is not changing. That has not gone away. The Magic need Evan Fournier. Now, eventually that trade is going to come. The Magic have started to run out of time to make that decision. They have started to run out of time to figure out what they're going to do with him and, and where he fits into the team's bigger picture. This is a fact. This is That's not something that will change. But until that decision is made, until that offer comes, and again, at the trade deadline, the Magic might just have to take whatever is offered to them. Perhaps they estimated that they would be able to get the kind of players that they're looking for at the trade deadline rather than in the offseason, where again, it just seemed like the only moves that were being made were draft picks and expiring contracts for the kind of players that Evan Fournier is. You know, a lot of people thought that the, the Golden State Warriors trade exception would be a place that Evan Fournier could land, especially after Clay Thompson got hurt. 
And while the Warriors were probably looking for a little bit more athleticism than Evan Fournier can give them, they ended up only offering that trade exception and first-round picks. Well, that wasn't going to do it for the Magic. Magic aren't interested in first-round picks right now. Again, for better or for worse, that's not what they were interested in. They wanted players, and the Warriors were not offering the kind of players that the Magic were chasing. So until that day comes, until that day that Evan Fournier is moved, he remains a vital piece to this team and a vital part of this franchise moving forward. Talk about one of the new additions of the Orlando Magic here coming up, but I just want to remind you all to check out Locked On Magic every single day. Next week is the beginning of training camp, question mark. It's not entirely clear when the Magic will actually start practicing and start becoming available to the media every day again. But we are getting closer and closer to that point. Next week on Locked On Magic, we will be previewing the Orlando Magic's 2021 season in a little bit more detail, the storylines to watch, and everything else as we get ready for the NBA season. The schedule should be coming out possibly next week, certainly within the next two weeks. We'll have all the breakdown as we get set for the 2021 season. It's almost December, and tip-off of the 2021 regular season is December 22nd. Stay with us throughout the entire NBA season as we break down the Orlando Magic here on Locked On Magic. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So I want to close today's show by digging a little bit deeper into the newest player on the Orlando Magic, or one of the new players on the Orlando Magic. I mean, this offseason... The Magic didn't add anyone particularly new or interesting. Um, you know, the, the the two rookies are interesting, Chumo, Kiki, and Cole Anthony. Those are big players. The Magic are getting Alfred Kuminu back from injury after an 18-game cameo. So those players do feel new. It's not like this roster isn't going to be refreshed a little bit. It may not be the sweeping changes that maybe some of us expected or wanted to see the team make, but the Magic largely stayed the same. Um, but, the, but they'll have some new pieces. They'll have some new elements to the team that, that will be important to integrate. But the one new veteran player, or young veteran player, that the Magic did add was Dwayne Bacon. Now, Dwayne Bacon's stat line is not super impressive. Only five points per game uh, in about 17 minutes per game last year for the Charlotte Hornets in about 31 appearances. He uh, made 11 start, eleven starts, so you know the Hornets trusted him a little bit. But it wasn't like Dwayne Bacon was, was changing a whole lot or, or making a huge impact on the team. The fact of the matter is, a lot of the stuff we're going to say about Dwayne Bacon is hard to figure out because he simply didn't get enough time. Looking at his averages over the course of his career, last year he averaged 5.7 points per game on a 38.7% effective field goal percentage in 17.6 minutes. But in 2019, the year before, he averaged 7.3 points per game on a 54.9% effective field goal percentage in 17.7 minutes per game in 43 games in 2019. Butting the waters even further, in eight appearances with the Greensboro Swarm of the G League, he averaged 31.8 points per game, including a 50-point game. This is all to say, 
What are stats really going to tell us about this guy? What, what, what are we going to learn about him and what he can contribute? Sure, he's good for a spot start. He's good for, for a, a little opportunity. But he hasn't played long enough to really give us a sense of anything. Except he kind of has. The numbers suggest that this is a player who can get the ball in the basket. Clearly, he can score. When he is given the time, he will put up numbers. During the 2020 season, Bacon averaged 17.1 points per game with a 54.2% effective field goal percentage in the seven games he played where he had 25 or more minutes. In the 14 games he played with 20 or more minutes, he averaged 11.3 points per game with a 45.4% effective field goal percentage. So obviously, more time, more chances for production. He'll produce. He'll put points in the basket, but not necessarily a correlation there. More time does not mean he will simply be better. That's not the case with him. And the numbers do bear this out too. Bacon is an isolation play. That is something that he likes to do. He likes to create his own shot. He's able to create his own shot. And he has the the size and the strength to get to the basket. That's what he's trying to do when he's on the ball. The problem is that he's not much of a passer. And he's actually not much of a finisher. According to our, our friends at Basketball Index... Bacon averaged 1.7 isolations per 75 possessions, but shot a 38.5% effective field goal percentage on those isolation possessions. He's very good at getting to the line. He has the strength and size to to draw contact and get to the line. That's how he produced some of those big games that he had uh, with the Charlotte Hornets. But overall, he is not nearly effective enough to play this way. And frankly, he is not a good enough shooter to be on the floor for a whole lot longer. Like many of the players on the Orlando Magic, actually, including Nikola Vucevic, he has a very strong openness rating. Teams leave him open and dare him to shoot. That doesn't mean Bacon isn't going to miss shots. He, he will make his share of three-pointers. He's going to go through hot streaks, and he's a better shooter than Melvin Frazier and probably a better shooter than Wessel Wundu at the end of the day. But it's not reliable enough to say Bacon deserves a clear role. Bacon is going to give the Magic something that they don't already have, and, and, and someone who can get to the basket, uh, and someone who can drive and, and is focused as being a driver. Um, he's He's got that going for him. And again, the familiarity with Steve Clifford here, I think, is a big deal. As much as he uses that strength to draw fouls and get contact and get to the basket, he's good at using that, that strength and that size to defend as well. He can defend both twos and threes, I would feel, uh, and, and really that's why the Magic brought him in. They wanted someone that that, that they could slot in defensively Knows everything that Coach Clifford's trying to teach. He played for Clifford in 2018, or in yeah, 2018. Um, and very, very clearly, that's kind of the role they envisioned for him. But again, a minimum contract guy, which is probably a fair market value for him. The Magic are expecting Bacon to be their 15th man. If they have to use him, that means some guys ahead of him are injured, or Clifford is really digging deep into his bench. That's the fact of the matter with Dwayne Bacon. As the Magic just signed him for insurance. He knows what Clifford's trying to run. He knows what the, what the Magic, by extension, are trying to do. And he's probably not going to complain or push for more minutes than the Magic can give him. And that right now is probably not a lot. That's the reality of what the Magic added this offseason. The big pieces are those rookies, and, and we don't know what they're going to give us. But Dwayne Bacon, Dwayne Bacon's in there to defend, to fill those minutes, and if needed, 
try and get to the basket a little bit and get to the foul line. Certainly things the Magic absolutely need to. There is something deeper than the numbers. He can score. He can get on scoring binges, and he's had big games in the NBA. Maybe not against elite opponents, not against elite competition. The the games that he had, his best scoring games, um, he scored 25 points against the Golden State Warriors in November, scored 15 against the Lakers. So again, okay, 6 for 15 shooting to get to that 15, but um, that was a 19-point loss, by the way. Scored 22 points and a one-point win over Chicago, 24 and an eight-point loss against the Suns. He's had big scoring games. Is he doing it against the best competition? I, I wouldn't say so. But if the Magic can get one or two of those games out of Bacon this year, I think they'll be pretty happy, unless that means that guys ahead of him are injured or not performing the way that they want him want them to because he had to play. That's what Dwayne Bacon is, and that's what the Magic got. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Be sure to listen to the Hollinger and Duncan NBA show. If you want to get basketball smart, it starts with the Hollinger and Duncan podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollinger joins Dunked on Podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns, and salary cap analysis. Subscribe to Hollinger and Duncan today wherever you get podcasts. And also be sure to subscribe to this podcast, Locked on Magic, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalay, Google Play, Spotify, and all of the ways to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter there at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Have a great close to your holiday weekend here. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast at Free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.